This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. To go back a little due to the dint of my work, I personally have witnessed a deep difference between poverty and privilege. I have dealt with violence, acid attack, rape of children and girls, flesh trade in India, which has made me sad, angry at times, hopeless at times, but I tried to vent my emotion towards the positive side and thought about the realization which led me to be responsible, a responsibility I take very seriously. And I want to do something with this, with the team. I want to give back to UC San Diego and the community through this platform. To cite some examples, when I was in the city council that day while signing the proclamation of human trafficking month in January, Elisa was with me. That was my first time as an American standing in front of the flag. It was a beautiful moment of pride that we can give back together. But what I heard from the council member, her daughter was almost nabbed in Balboa Park a few months back. She was there jogging and she sat down for a while and there was a girl of 21 or 22 who said, hey, why don't we have a drink in Prado? She said, actually, I'm under 18. I can't drink. She said, so what? Like, you look older. But she kept on thinking that, God, what do we talk during dinner? Don't talk to strangers. Don't have drink. Don't drink open drinks. Everything we talk about, this is about awareness. It saved her that day. That one moment of conscious presence saved her from getting nabbed. She realized this girl must be backed up by other people watching her over there in Balboa Park. So when we think, why do we do this awareness? I think we can save many a person through this. When they keep on thinking what we talk about, it is your body, your dignity. It is your integrity, your right choices when you're informed. And we are not here to judge anybody. We want them to make informed choices and be safe. I would try to discuss a small thing and take a little time. I was talking with Ramesh and he was saying, how do we get the youth engaged and how do we get all the technology partners engaged? Because youth love to play games and use mobile apps. And he came up with the interesting thing from the time I heard, I've been thinking about it every day. So I thought I'll throw it to the audience. He said, you know what? They love games. Why don't we think of a game where this virtual reality where the youth would play and literally zap off perpetrators because we would, we would sort of <laughs> replicate real scenes coming up and they would know because of the experience shared. And the more they know, they would keep it in mind and this would become a maybe viral thing. And I thought, wow, today I leave it to the room of technologists and investors. We should come together with UC San Diego to maybe invent a mobile game so that the youth can get engaged more and know from that app. Well, thank you, Ramesh. This month actually is the Human Trafficking Month, and for the first time, UC San Diego joined in, and I'm extremely humbled to be able to be there in the council with Council Member Barbara Bree and all of you, Aliza. Thank you very much. When we look into all the circumstances, we cannot blame poverty and underserved only. The harsh reality of this problem, it leaves no community or society left. Every responsible organization is coming up wanting to stand up for this. And I always state a grave concern where 25 years back, people did not believe in climate change. And it hit us right on our face. And now it has become a grave, deep danger for our planet. 
What if today we don't give time and effort to ensure that we instill values into our families, communities, our friends? If we don't nurture within us, our families, good values, moral characters, we may find thrust upon us a world which will be starved of people of character and value in the years to come. All of us here are a part of this change and solution. We need a world of humility, trust, courage, love, respect, tolerance, inclusion, liberty in pursuit of happiness. The true fact remains, your eyes do not see what your mind does not know. So the more we educate, create awareness, raise our voices in solidarity, the solutions will surface. We will together come up with solutions. Know that silence allows the perpetrators to grow unseen. The more we talk, we are aware we weaken the perpetrator's strength. Yes, and know that it's okay to talk. Since Eliza is here, someone had said, what if we ask the audience to raise their hand in solidarity if any one of you have been directly or indirectly been affected by se sexual abuse, sexual harassment, modern slavery, bullying? Raise your hand in solidarity for a minute. Know that we stand together to bring solutions for a better world. With this, I invite our Honorable Chancellor, Pradeep Kosla to officially start the program. Thank you. Thanks, Naila. I knew I should not have raised my hand. That's what I get being invited here. Okay. Uh, thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you, Naila. Uh, I just want to uh, say a couple of words. And some of you might be wondering, why is it that UC San Diego is so interested in uh, being a partner in this and supporting this? Part of the reason is because we have Naila, and she's a champion of this cause. So we appreciate it. Uh, but... Even if we did not have Nyla and Carrie, who's the CEO of the organization, were to come to us, I would have readily, readily said yes. And the reason is very simple, because this problem afflicts us on this campus. And my job as chancellor is not only to create a great campus, a great educational environment, but also to create a safe, build a safe campus. And this afflicts us right here. And my first introduction to this issue was in a matter of like just a random conversation I was having with somebody, one of my provosts out here, and somehow the topic came up uh, on issues that some students face, especially students who come from abroad who don't have a family out here. And it turns out that one of our students was caught in this uh, human traffic ring, trafficking ring. And, and I said, you know, this is interesting. I thought this only happens to like poor people or refugees. But we saw in that video, that's not the case. It can happen to anybody, anytime. Uh, so that was my first moment of awareness. And the more I looked into it, the more I realized that this is not just human abuse. There's actually a lot of money behind this. So just in San Diego, it's like $800 million of business. Worldwide, it's $150 billion enterprise. So it's not just uh, drug addiction. It is like a different type of business out here with a lot of money behind this. And whenever there's a lot of money behind anything, there will be evil elements in society that will try to exploit human beings. Um, so that's part of the reason why we are involved, because it, it afflicts us on this campus, and I want to make sure it doesn't come to this campus ever at all. Even if it did not afflict us on this campus, it's afflicting society around, around us out here. And as a public institution, as an educational institution, I think it's our responsibility to look at societal ills and ask ourselves, what do we do about these ills? How do we make sure 
that we have a way of mitigating these ills and eradicating these ills, right? So we would be interested. So you can see we would be interested in this problem in multiple ways for multiple reasons. So I am really glad that we are part of this. Uh, Kerry hessler Adlet, I really appreciate your partnership and thank you for asking us to be part of this. Naila, your leadership is important. And our esteemed district attorney, Summer Stefan, thank you for keeping or making San Diego safe. I know it's a big business. I want to be here when this business is worth zero dollars in San Diego. So welcome, everybody, and thank you. I have the honor and pleasure to invite District Attorney Summer Stephens on the stage. Uh, you all have her bio. It's full of amazing achievement for San Diego for me. She's a woman leader who has inspired me from 2015. She joined our Global Empowerment Summit. And I did not know I would settle in San Diego and be with UC San Diego at the time, though UC San Diego sponsored the program. But from then on, I followed her. She's a big inspiration for me and for all of us. Thank you, Summer, for being here. Thank you. Well, Nyla, you're an inspiration for me also. I can, I can see your spirit, and I can see the spirit in this institution, UCSD. That's why I come uh, every year. I, I didn't have the honor of going to UCSD. I went to UC uh, Davis, but at least the first two letters are the same. So, <laughs> so that, that's okay. And thank you, Chancellor. I think you, you hit it on the nose uh, that the institution has absolutely something to do with this. So I've been fighting this issue for a very long time. Uh, I've been a deputy district attorney and grew up in the DA's office, have spent more years being uh, a prosecutor fighting injustice than I've been alive not doing that job. So 28 years, and um, I've entered my 55th year now, and uh, we have a long way to go. I'm the only district attorney that has grown up uh, through the ranks from baby steps all the way up to being district attorney. And um, what that means is that I've seen so much pain. I, I've looked in one too many victims' eyes. And when people ask uh, what this work means, it, it really is about that look. It's very, very hard for me to describe what that is. But if you've seen it, you understand it. It's the idea that somebody thinks that they can take that light of dignity and that soul of humanity out of a human being and make them inhuman, make them a product. That's the look that um, drives, I think, many of us in this room, whether we've seen it or have experienced it through the compelling video that was shown of the young girl, uh, it is that thing that uh, drives us all to action. So having been in this work now for 28 years and since 2005 having pioneered the Special Victims Unit at the DA's office to fight sex crimes and human trafficking, um, I think that awareness is a key. It's really important. You can't fight something that you don't know what it is. 
But this year, the year of 2018, is the time for beyond awareness. It's the time to speak up. It's the time for no more. And it's a time for action. There is so much power in this room. And once you leave this room, commit to something, I would say. Commit to something and finish that job, that commitment. Uh, It's hard to do, but you have more power in this room, in each one of you, than you realize. The fact that you could come to this campus and be part of this campus is incredible. I want to give you some uh, good news, and then I'll give you some bad news. So the good news is this has been an excellent year for the fight against human trafficking. So much has been accomplished. So, so what do I mean by that? Um, there's an intersection, I think, an intersection when it comes to injustice in whatever form it takes. And the fact that some speak out about injustice allows others to speak out about injustice. There's, a, there's an intersection. There aren't really uh, borders or lines And I'm going to explain that through a simple law that we passed this year that was signed by the governor to explain this this intersection. So we proposed a law, and you would think that this law uh, was a no-brainer, as I call it. But I've learned in this business there's nothing like a no-brainer so long as there are people who don't have a brain. So... (laughs) So things that, things that seem very clear to me in my own head, to my simple mind, uh, it, it just aren't that clear to others. So this law, I thought, was going to be no problem. What the law simply said is that we want to give equal protection to victims of sex trafficking as we do under the law for victims of domestic violence and sexual abuse. So that years ago, we passed laws when it came to domestic violence and sexual abuse so that acknowledging the trauma and the pain and the, the length of time that it takes for those trauma bonds and for the entrapment and for people to regain their lives, that allows in courts to use the testimony to use the support of prior victims in order to add strength and support the current victim. And that's only after a judge reviews all the evidence and decides that it's fair. So that in domestic violence, for example, we find that the same perpetrator had abused his ex-wife and had abused several girlfriends. That's his pattern, is to beat people and choke people and hurt people. And so with the current victim who is in trauma, she needs the support of other victims to show this pattern. The same with sexual abuse. In the tough sexual abuse cases, we see patterns of sex predators striking again and again, finding their their vulnerable victims time and time again, and to be able to show those patterns after review by a judge. So I thought that it would be very simple to do the same thing and put sex trafficking victims on the same footing and with equal protection of the law. 
Not so. It was a huge fight with uh, Senator Atkins agreed to fight for this bill. We fought through the Assembly and the Senate, and we got through both houses, but it was not easy. We had to really explain, because the question again was, but these are different victims. And the reality is, when we look at injustices as being just different, we can't join and fight them. We're in silos. But actually, just like Dr. Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So when we look at this is far away from me, this is happening in India, or this is happening in Mexico, it's not happening in my neighborhood, it's happening in Southeast, that keeps us trapped and not able to come together. That's the division that really exploiters want so that we feel that it's far away and we don't come together to fight it with the same, with the energy of the combined force. So it's really important to break those things down. So I tried to explain, and we had meeting after meeting with all of the different assembly members and senators, that this isn't very different at all. Actually, the number one tool that sex traffickers, human traffickers use is the psychological kidnap, the kidnap of the mind, of, of controlling, of, of power and control, just like in domestic violence and sex abuse. The only thing is that the additional element of money, which now ups the game and ups the danger because it's now on steroids, basically, crime, violence on steroids, is the only difference, but the same manipulation and psychology exists in the same way. Nothing really showed that more than the study that Dr. Jay Silverman from your university did, where he talked to hundreds of uh, prostituted women in Tijuana and found that the number one reason they came to be that was somebody posing as a lover, a boyfriend, for whom they were doing this and were trapped in this psychological kidnap before the violence came out. So the intersections, they really were not different crimes. They were just different ways of doing the crime, but for the same power and control and for money. The money element makes it more complicated. In the end, we were able to talk to Governor Brown. I. I had a very special phone call with him, and he act, I got to really brag about the efforts in San Diego, the scientific studies, the work that's being done. I sent him another study from San Diego that showed these intersections that was done by USD and Point Loma Nazarene and discussed Dr. Silverman's study and all of those things to explain and to counter the research papers, which I'm certain UCSD will never produce, that, that basically coldly separate crimes and put them in different silos where they don't fit and separate them. And that's what he was looking at. So that was a win. That law passed. And for the first time, we have this intersection and a way to look at this totality of violence um, together in the same plane, domestic violence, sexual abuse, sex trafficking. So that was a win. Another big thing was the passage of AB 1227, which was the law that now for the first time requires schools 
to educate teachers and staff and mandated reporters and to educate their students about human trafficking and about exploitation. This is so important because I cannot tell you how many child molest victims I've talked to that were fixated on the concept of a stranger because we have so much told all our kids about stranger danger and that's what we focused on in prevention. So what happens when over 80% of the threat to our kids doesn't come from a stranger but comes from someone in their trust circle or someone who has purposefully entered their trust circle in order to exploit them, whether it's for money, a trafficker, whether it's a, a teacher, a priest, a coach, whether it's somebody who is the stranger that's posing as a friend requesting them over social media. They don't know what to do with that. And what they end up doing is remaining silent because we haven't given them that power and permission to speak out about people in their trust circles, not just strangers. So we need to convert our prevention to what really works and what really is going on. We need to have those conversations like the councilwoman had with her daughter that allows kids to always speak out and always receive a listening power and an ability to believe them when they speak out so that they're not just put in a, in a box of if it's not a stranger, then it is probably your fault. You probably did something to bring this about, which is how most of our victims feel. They did something that made them shameful, that made them be subjected, like you saw in the video that was so compelling. Maybe I deserve this. This is how a lot of our victims feel. But it's not because this thought is an original thought in their head. It's because from the time of early childhood, we've kind of planted those thoughts in their head about their own shame, their own mistakes, and the, the fact that if they made a decision, if it wasn't just some kidnap off the street and coming out of the bushes, then probably they're to blame and they're lesser and they should remain trapped that way. That silence is a killer. So that's another piece of great news. But of course, like everything in Sacramento at the Capitol, it did not come with a funding stream. So we are working on implementing this prevention while getting funding. And there are people in this room that are actively working on that. And there is real hope that San Diego will be the place to bring that, uh, that systematic education, prevention that's life-saving to our kids. So that's another piece of great news. Um, the the collaboration in law enforcement has never been better. Um, I just returned from um, a meeting with my, all my counterparts, district attorneys from across the state, and they really marvel at San Diego County, how we're able to be grown-ups and talk in the same room, the FBI, the Department of Justice, 
the state and federal and local resources, how we create these multiplier effects where we're able to fight this organized crime element and fight all of these things in a way that multiplies our individual powers and multiplies our resources. That's, that's a huge thing to the point that in 2016, the San Diego Human Trafficking Task Force won the International Police Chiefs Award for multi-agency work for the best human rights and civil rights work. That's unusual to have police agencies win a human rights award, but that's because of the recognition that we're going to get the bad guys and gals, but we're not going to do it by trampling over and re-traumatizing victims. That it has to be with giving victims dignity and, and balancing those things to do it the right way. So that was incredible good news. This um, good news is is a way to the future. This ability to address prevention early protection of our victims by building more services for them, this ability to have effective prosecution that's trauma-informed, the partnerships that we're forming, all of us, are fantastic. But the bad news is right now there is a child somewhere in some hotel in San Diego that is being abused. That's, that I can guarantee you from being out on undercover operations. And just that thought, that idea, it's very unsettling. It, it should drive all of us. It, it can't happen. Right now, if you saw the rape on the night shift, I, I just spent my lunch hour with Lilia Garcia, who is the, the, the fighter for the janitorial workers that was featured on the PBS Rape on the Night Shift. There is a woman who doesn't have her immigration papers all in order, and somebody is using the fact that she needs that job to continue abusing her. Those things are happening, but we are fighting them. We're working on a Bill of Rights for Workers, where workers from foreign countries realize that we don't have debt bondage in the United States, that people can't use them for work and not pay them, saying that you're still in debt. People, employers can't hold on to their work visa because 70% of employees of people in human trafficking actually come to this country with proper work visas. But their traffickers allow that to expire so that they can continue their enslavement. Talking about this, this, the college connection, we just successfully prosecuted the guy that called himself the American Escort. He was in his 70s and still trafficking college women. That was his obsession. He thought they brought a higher value. He used the fact that they needed money to pay for school to entrap them. And he would often drug them and videotape them for his own fetish while selling them on a closed website to customers. And at 70 years old, he was finally caught and convicted after a year's worth of investigation. So there is a connection with the universities. So ladies and gentlemen, 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for opening your hearts, your minds, your power to, to make sure that we have a free society, that the time is really now to speak out and to stamp out human trafficking, exploitation, and abuse in every form. And it should begin in a university. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.